Welcome to the Grace-Based Family Podcast. We're We're your your hosts, hosts, Karis Murray and Michelle Brook. This is a podcast where we look at the power of grace in the everyday lives of families. We're excited for you to listen in on the conversation. Hi, Michelle. Hello, Karis. Hey. So we have a really uh, great show today on, uh, I think, a topic that is going to be really near and dear to many of our listeners' hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, Today, we're talking about single parenting. And um, we've got with us a wonderful friend Mm -hmm. and somebody who has been an ambassador for Family Matters for many years. She's spoken for us, shared our message of grace with audiences around um, the country, and she has written for our blog. She is one of our guest bloggers, but Mm -hmm. she, um, she just has a great story and a lot of wonderful encouragement. Um, to offer on the subject of single parenting. So why don't you introduce our guest? Yep. So today we're going to be talking with Michelle Donnelly, and she's a homeschooling single mother of three and a founder of Agape Moms, which is an outreach ministry for single mothers. She's also the author of a new powerful Bible study resource for single moms called Seen, Hope and Healing for Single Moms. You can learn more about Agape Moms by visiting agapemoms.com. But for now, we want to chat with Michelle. And so, Michelle, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family? Hey, well, it's really good to be on with both of you today. Um, So as you mentioned, my name is Michelle, and I do have three children. Uh, In my family, that spans quite a a range of ages. I have an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 2-year-old. So it's everything Mm -hmm. from the preteen to the toddler (laughs) (laughs) and all of the the unique and diverse challenges that that brings. And I also have two girls and a boy. And so that keeps things also very fresh. <laughs> and, and you should mention that. Um, the dynamics yep. between also girls and boys. You have biological and adopted. Correct. Yes. So I have two biological children and an adopted as well. So but just all sort of different um, things that, you know, just the, the, the wonderful parts of, of parenting when it comes to different ages and stages and, and challenges. And God has just done so much in our lives by having all these, you know, all this diversity, even within the three children that I have. And of course, as you mentioned, I'm homeschooling this year. So that's been another really awesome adventure, especially as my children are still continuing in their healing journey from a divorce. And it's been something that I did not anticipate was going to be such a huge part of their growth curve but Mm. has been just the most fantastic way for me to be able to shepherd them in a season where they really have needed just a lot more of that attention and um, compassion. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that uh, the opportunity to be with them um, kind of during those times when a memory is triggered or they're having difficulty or whatever, just, just as you said, because they are still healing from, um, some big changes in their family. I think that's such a a blessing and a gift. And so I'm glad that you've been able to do that. Well, and for me, one of the things in the early years of me getting acquainted with family matters and the message so one of the things I learned when my kid, my biological kids were really small was that the opportunities for grace come where they are sort of asking, they're asking for love in the most 
unloving ways. <laughs> right. And exactly. While homeschooling homeschooling tends to look like an academic venture, for for us it's been a completely emotional and spiritual venture where mm. Yes, there's discipline that occurs during the time that we're just doing schooling, but there's also right. a great deal of opportunity for grace and yeah. for that just really unconditional love to be poured out on them in yeah. times where you wouldn't otherwise expect it. Right, right. Yeah. And you're able to see that as their mother and you have this shared experience of your family with them. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. you know, you you bring up so many um just of the challenges that you have personally faced as a single parent. But what would you say are some of the unique challenges facing single parents that you've seen that are maybe um, experiences that you see across the board of different types of single parents? There are a couple that really stand out to me. The first one is I, I do see where a lot of single parents feel that there's just generally a lack of support in their mm-hmm. lives that even systems that are set up to support parents just in general, whether you think about ministries in a church or childcare at a school or something like that, they aren't generally set up for a one parent family. They're sort of more arranged right. for two parents and where there are, you know, a trade off of, well, I'm going to go get this one and you get this one or I'm, you know, and, and it's things like that, just feeling like you kind of don't fit when it comes to navigating right. these various systems and programs and things like that. And uh, alternatively with that is support just from a personal standpoint when it comes to logistical support of, well, I have one child who has this activity and one child who needs this. Or if you have children who are sick and how that affects your ability to work and that sort of thing. Uh, So the lack of support is definitely one of the things that I see just over and over and over again with the women, specifically because Agape Moms is targeted more towards women with the women that we work with, but certainly that applies to all single parents. Yeah. And then secondly, with that is a lack of balance. And oftentimes where I'm working with a woman, we see that there's this overwhelming sense of guilt that life didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. And Mm. so now I feel the need to overcompensate for my children. And there's a a stress there. How do often the time the question I receive is, how can I be both mother and father? And the point is you can't, (laughs) but then at the same time feeling like, you know, your children are comparing themselves to their peers and that they may start to feel deficient. And our first inclination is to want to jump in there and swoop in and save them. But what oftentimes Mm -hmm. that does is it depletes us individually that we're, we're only thinking about our children or parenting or those types of things. And we're neglecting the variety of different roles that God has put us in and and gifts and interests that he has, has bestowed on us that we're kind of becoming one facet, uh, one sided rather than being multifaceted. Right. Right. And I think that's easy. That's something that is easy to, um, kind of fall into for any parent and Mm -hmm. even more so for a single parent who, like you said, said, feels like they need to fill, the role of both the mother and the father and um, to come alongside them in all of those different ways without the uh, the mm-hmm. kind of support and teamwork that 
you know, that comes with uh, having two parents. And, and so I think those challenges probably resonate with every single parent listening right now. Mm-hmm. And, and with people who may not be single parents themselves, but you definitely have somebody in your family or friends or neighbors and, and you've seen the struggle, mm-hmm. um, the struggle that it is. And let alone just mm-hmm. financially, you know, the, the challenges can be huge. Um, Mm -hmm. and the, you know, the pressure to provide and parent and, you know, um, be there in all the ways that your, your kids need you to be there. It it just can feel really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and, um, and so, you know, Michelle, as you've talked with women and, and in your own experiences, have you discovered any um, sort of practical ways to approach these challenges? I mean, is there any kind of advice that you could give that, that you think um, a single parent could say, okay, this, this could really help me? Absolutely. The answer really for these variety of, of issues, it's really one in the same and it's community. And yeah. a lot of times because many of many single parents were married at one time or had, you know, a significant partner in their lives, they're used to having that support come from only one other person. Mm. And it takes a minute to sort of reassess that that's, it's not going to look like that, you know, mm-hmm. right now. Right. And that that's okay. But that it does mean that there's going to be, there can be a diversity of voices that are speaking into not only your children's lives, but your own. And that that right. can come from a really healthy rooted relationship with the body of Christ. And yeah. that was really how God intended for us to meet each other's needs at the beginning, whether you're single or not. Right. And to find people that are trustworthy, that are wise, that can provide not only good counsel, but physical support. And for me, that was one of the, the major things that happened in my healing journey was I, I jumped right into a church community and a life group and those sorts of things with people who just got it. They were other blended families, other single mothers, and people who had been through similar seasons of life that knew how to help me anticipate my needs. And I think that's the hardest part sometimes is communicating our needs to people without feeling right. really needy. <laughs> right. Sure. And uh, we just we just talked about that actually in a couple episodes on the Christian Single Moms podcast. But it it can feel a little messy sometimes, and we just have to get to the point of realizing that that's okay. That yeah. the people who are meant to be supportive for you are going to help you get past that. And the people who are not, they're, they're going to show themselves really quickly to be the people you're not supposed to rely on. And that's okay. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. But what yeah. the community does is it brings a diversification for just that there's not only that you're a parent, but that you are a member of a community, that you're a friend, that you have, you know, sort of a social life on top of this. And I think that's another thing we tend to see is that single parents kind of feel like their social lives just get evaporated. Mm -hmm. And being in community allows you the ability to have other people share the load with you so that you can continue to embrace some of those parts in your life, maybe not at the same level that you did before, but that it it provides just opportunities for rest, that you're spreading some of that out, that you're reconnecting with who you are, that who God made you and God's heart so that you can go back to situations where you are dealing with stress and and those kind of really real things that come with single parenting, but that you're more refreshed and ready for them. Mm. And then on top of that, with, you know, with community, there's also a diversity of ages and stages 
where you may have people who are speaking into your children's lives that are kind of like perhaps surrogate grandparents, you know, that are significantly down the road or, uh, you know, these kind of spiritual aunts and uncles and those sorts of things. And that is really essential because I know for me, I constantly feel like I am the only voice my kids hear all day long when it comes to discipline or, Mm -hmm. or sanctification, you know, or, you know, Mm -hmm. anything that has to do with spiritual matters. And it's fantastic to have other people who have a variety of different experiences pouring into not only myself, but my kids. And so that lack of, of balance really starts to level out once you allow, just, you have to allow other people into that space and you have to be careful about that. You do have to, you know, walk with the Lord and say, okay, God, what people do, are you putting into our lives in this season and really measure the kind of input that you're receiving to make sure that it is something that's growing you. But ultimately when you keep searching, it's there. You know, and God yeah. will absolutely provide that for you. You just, it can be a little bit of a process, but it's good. It's worth mm-hmm. it. Well, and I love what you said about, um, you know, you need people in your life who can anticipate your needs. Um, and, and I mm-hmm. think that that is just something that all of us can can think about because, you know, in order to support someone, especially somebody who's going through something difficult like divorce or a separation, um, especially when this is, you know, this is new, this is perhaps uncharted territory for them, they may not know what they need in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Um, they probably know right. some of the mm-hmm. things they need, but I, I think a lot of the time they may not even know what to ask for. Mm-hmm. And Yes, that's where I think the body of Christ can can come along and just do those things for them, um, even without them having to ask, or even before they realize that that that's what they need. And obviously, you want to you want to you have to earn the right to kind of be in people's lives in this way. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but I know um, you know this is not the same thing, but but it's a major change that people go through. When, when people lose a loved one yeah. or um, mm-hmm. someone close to them yes. passes away, a lot of the time, you know, people will say, let me know if you need anything. Let me know if you need anything. And that's kind of our reflexive thing. And it's, it's genuine. We want to help. Let me know if you need anything. I think the problem, mm-hmm. though, is that when you're in the midst of grief, you either don't know what to ask for mm-hmm. or you just don't have the energy to mm-hmm. ask. And so sometimes that's you so need- right. You need the people who are really up close to you to just say, here's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm right. I'm going to the grocery store. I'm going to pick up some stuff for you. I'm bringing it by. Yeah. I'm going to take your kids or, you know, mm-hmm. just practical things mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm just going to do this for you. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I think those are the kind of communities that we're lacking because our society is so fragmented now. Um, and mm-hmm. like you said, God, God intended for us to be in community with extended family members, with our neighbors, with our churches in a way that I think mm-hmm. our modern society has just really kind of boiled it down to just the nuclear family. And so when that gets mm-hmm. fractured, you know, the whole safety net goes away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Well, and one of the things also that single parents often deal with is loneliness, that there's just this... Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head. There's a loss that's occurred here. So there is grief, whether mm-hmm. or, you know, regardless of what the circumstances were, this life that you used to have is gone. And right. there's an extreme sense of 
of loneliness and sometimes worthlessness and and all kinds of things that come along with Mm. that. And one of the things that I've always grabbed onto and tried to teach my kids, especially actually came from grace-based parenting, which is the definition of love. And that Mm. is to, you know, put another person's needs and best interests ahead of yourself. And when you feel like you constantly have to tell another person what your needs and best interests are. That doesn't feel like love. That feels like I'm sort of, I'm convincing you or, you know, that I'm, right. I'm, I'm creating a checklist and you're checking it off. And so when another person steps in, sees your need and meets it, that is, right. and even if that's just, that doesn't have to be a, another, you know, spouse type of a person or another significant other. When any person does that to you, that feel, you, you feel loved, you feel seen. That's right. why the the Bible study is called seeing. You know, you just understood. You understand through somebody seeing your need and filling it, even when you didn't know what it was, that you do have value. And so, there's a great amount of healing that comes through community as well. Just knowing that people do see you and they do care about you. Yeah, and I and I think there's always something that all of us can do for someone close to us, whether it's a neighbor, a friend, mm-hmm. somebody at our church. Mm-hmm. Um, who is going through, uh, you know, a fractured situation or marriage situation. Um, You know, we all have different skills and maybe you are a good cook. Maybe you're great at cleaning. Maybe you're handy and you can help around their house, fix things that just kind of go by the wayside. Just, just, I think little things too really add up to, to, like you said, showing them that they're seen and Mm -hmm. that they're cared for. And um, so, yeah. Hey, Michelle, you kind of have touched on this, but I'd love to hear you talk about how you first heard about, um, I think you read a book, Grace-Based Parenting, maybe 10 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like when our cross first, uh, our paths first crossed. And what was kind of like your aha moment? Because it felt like all of a sudden you were like, oh my gosh, I love the Grace-Based message and I want to tell everybody about this. So how did it, how, how did you first come, you know, across us? And then also, um, how has it really reframed your relationships, especially now that you're a single mom? Yeah, that's it's it's really neat how the coincidence of things of just your spiritual walk and 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 you know you might receive just a well. So what happened for me was that a neighbor had given a book, just given given a copy of Grace Based Parenting to me, and. I wasn't necessarily feeling like I was struggling, but it was something that had touched their life. And so they said, you might enjoy this. And so as I started reading through it, I was also simultaneously going on a spiritual journey. God was taking me from where I was to someplace way deeper. And I didn't even realize it at the time. But Mm -hmm. because that was happening at the same time, I was able to read Grace-Based Parenting and really just understand grace that I did not fully understand from a from an actionable sense how right. God shows us grace and then how we show it to other people. And it just connected with me and just turned the lights on that it was like, wow, I've been a Christian all of these years, but I've never really understood what grace looks or feels like. And so it was fascinating to me because here it's written in the terms of sort of parenting advice, but for me, it just was the first introduction to me understanding at all with my own relationship with the Lord, what grace was and what it looked like. So for me receiving that message, it was just, it just catapulted me spiritually. And I was at a point where 
I was like, everybody needs to know this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was um, how I ended up going to a, a conference that uh, Tim was speaking at. And I brought the copy of the book and I asked him to autograph it. <laughs> I was such like a super fan. Um, and I had just really started with blogging at that point and uh, just wanted to, uh, to make myself available as a resource because I was now putting these things into place, not only with my children, but just in all variety of relationships in my life and just really seeing the fruit come from the things that I was learning by reading the variety of materials, um, that family matter has family matters has. So now that I've continued to walk in my spiritual life, but also, you know, walk in a journey from marriage to divorce and being a single mom, it just really makes me keenly aware of those traumatic and hurt places, not only in my own life, but in my children's lives and in the lives of other people around me that where ordinarily in the past we'd be, we might blow somebody off and be like, Oh, they have, you know, they got baggage or whatever that the materials have taught me how to, frame those as opportunities to show yeah. God's grace and to really embrace what it is to journey alongside with people and to realize that when you do that with your children, you are teaching them how to do that same thing as they grow and how they understand the heart of God through your own example. Exactly. We kind of talked to Michelle on the phone recently about how the grace message has obviously transformed you. But you're in a unique situation where, you know, the other parent is still in the picture for your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes for single parents, there is no other parent in the picture. But for you, you know, their dad is still part of their lives. What advice would you give to a single parenting navigating this? And how has Grace kind of changed how you communicate with your kids, uh, you know, about the, the divorce and how to navigate you know, this, this picture of what your family looks like now? Sure. Well, one of the things that I also really took from the messaging really early on was in John, where it says that Jesus came in grace and truth, that they are two sides of the same thing, that it's essential that we show grace, but also that we're connected to the truth. And when dealing with another person, whether or not the relationship is easy or whether or not um, they're mm, just when dealing with another person who you sort of have to show these responsibilities with, but you don't maybe have the same level of influence that you had anymore. It's understanding that there is that balance there, that communication is very essential to that, but how you choose to do that, that by framing it with grace and truth that you end up creating appropriate boundaries Mm. for you and for this other person. So actionably what I mean by that is that sometimes that may mean that for you to create a boundary, it means that I communicate and I'm very plain about the logistical things, but I may not go very much further into the sense of emotional type things or, um, anything that would allow this person sort of back into my life. And that's mm-hmm. obviously that's sort of, it's different. He's in their lives, certainly. Mm-hmm. But as far as my life, that there's a boundary there and that that's okay. That yeah. just because 
you are now you're interfacing with this person in a different way does not mean that because you're you're excluding them from certain portions of your life that now you're doing something that's wrong. Um, yeah. So it's important to be able to set an appropriate boundary so that the communication can continue to be solid. So it can be good. So it can just, you know, I kind of say, you know, just the facts, ma'am, you know, is right. sometimes yeah. things like yeah. that, that make it a lot easier because there, if there was some emotional, there's always emotional wounds that come out of this sort of thing. And right. when you've gone through a significant amount of healing, you do not want to go back into those places. And yeah. likewise, you don't want to do that for the other person. That journey is theirs and you don't need to be a part of that. Yeah. Um, it's between them and the Lord, just like your own healing is between you and the Lord. And so yeah. I think communication is essential, but also making sure there's appropriate boundaries in that is, is, um, important, but that also realizing that we do want to treat another person as we'd want to be treated. So we don't withhold things and we don't, you know, hmm. sort of try to get one over or any of that kind of stuff that we just present plainly what is in the kid's best right. interest. Cause that's really what it all comes down to. Yeah. And well, and, then and how on you top speak that, about sorry. how you speak about that other person around your kids right. is important too, and I think that falls under mm-hmm. you know treat somebody how you would want to be treated, and um, mm-hmm. and, and recognizing that that person's you, you know your the, your kid's other parent has a has a relationship with them that is like you said can be separate from. whatever relationship they have with you Mm -hmm. and um, trying to allow that to flourish, you know, not doing anything to undermine, right. Um, Mm -hmm. That flourishing because as, as wounded and and hurt as you may be by, by them, um, if it's possible Mm -hmm. for them to have a flourishing relationship with their kids, that is usually always in the kid's best interest. Correct. And that's the goal really Though there do come those times, and this comes back to the question you said about communicating with the children about things, they're right. going to have lots of questions. And it's not right. something that it's like when the divorce happens, they had the questions and now they're done. This is an ongoing right. conversation for them because this was yeah. a trauma that mm-hmm. where adults tend to take this trauma and say, okay, I, I got I to move forward. And they may still mm-hmm. wrestle with the past, but they know they have to keep moving. Kids are really, are already much more afraid of the future and they're looking to us, but they also right. tend to look backwards to say, okay, what from the future, what from the past can I take with me? Because right. that's familiar, but the future is not. And, and so as they're tending to look backwards, they're still trying to process, why did this happen? How did this happen? What are the clues? What can I see? And the right. younger that they were, there was less that they were paying attention to at the time that it occurred. So they're trying right. to collect more information all the while. Yeah. And so yeah. it's things like that, that being able to frame the messaging for them reframing it over and over and over in a way that's age appropriate helps them just continue to heal because their healing journey is a lot longer as they continue to to mature through this and try and process and formulate understanding of, well, how is relationships supposed to work? It didn't work in this case. So how is it supposed Mm -hmm. to look? And so it's, it's really important that in those communications that we continue to direct our kids back to the heart of God and, to use the word as something that is informative for them so that they understand what God's ideal is, not right. necessarily digging into the relationship and saying, well, this happened and this happened and this and this yeah. and that sort of thing, but more directing them towards to, to recognizing that there's hurt and there's trauma, mm-hmm. but saying, this is what God's heart is for us though. And this is what he has for us. And this is what he wants for us. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. their, their hope and their trust would be anchored in 
in what God has for them that just because something happened in their past that was not pleasant does not mean that now their future is something they need to be scared of. Yeah. Well, and this is where I feel like, like you said, grace and truth are both 100%. You know, the way that, that God presents and his character, he is 100% grace, 100% truth. It's not like he's switching mm-hmm. between the two. And so in our own lives, to try to live that out, obviously, we can never do this perfectly. But but like you said, it's important to maintain truthful, age-appropriate information with our kids, especially when they ask specific questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe, you know, and I'm sure you have experience with this, but sometimes they're going to ask you a question that you're just not prepared to answer. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think like with anything, with with relationships and with, with talking about hard things with people, sometimes what you say in that instance is, you know what, give me some time to think about that and we'll come back and talk about it um, later. So, you know, you're acknowledging that I heard your Mm -hmm. question. I want to give you information. I want to try to answer your question. Mm -hmm. I need to take some time to think about it right now. Um, And then stepping back and like you said, really thinking about how to frame this in a way that is truthful because with a lack of information, Mm -hmm. people fill in the gaps in their mind and what that means mm-hmm. for kids is that they say, this is my fault. That, that's just mm-hmm. developmentally where kids are at yes. is when things go wrong, mm-hmm. they they turn inward and assume that those things went wrong because of them. Um, and so mm-hmm. we can really give our kids a gift by doing our best to, you know, to answer their questions, to give them accurate information. But we may need to, you know take a pause and just say, we're going to hit the pause button on that and let's come back together. And I really want to talk about this, but, um, but I'm, I need to think a little when bit. When I think it's interesting because this morning I was actually reflecting on this. The one thing I, I really do think that single parents have over the traditional two parent family is the fact that they're thrown into those opportunities a lot. And it's actually a really mm. good thing. Because typically hmm. in parenting, we kind of tend to, 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 to journey towards, well, I'm going to make everything look perfect for my kids and I'm going to put them in a perfect little bubble and make sure mm. nothing happens to them and all that sort of stuff. And you can't do that when you've been through, you know, <laughs> yeah. something like a divorce. And so your kids learn really early on to understand real life, that right. life is not rosy and perfect, but that we can still trust a really good God in this. And they learn, if you're, if you are honest, they learn to trust God so much deeper and so much sooner than if we had tried to keep everything just perfectly so for them. And so that's where I always encourage single parents not to be afraid to tell their kids, you know, honestly, age appropriate truth. (laughs) Right. But, um, because we can always direct it back to the fact though, that, that God's, God's taking care of us and we can point those things out along the way. And it's just a really great opportunity. And that's more what real life, real life is. It's struggle, but it's being able to rely on a father who loves us so deeply through Mm -hmm. anything. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, that perfectionism is an illusion anyway for Mm -hmm. all of us. But Mm -hmm. I, I think what I hear you saying is that for single parents that, you know, by default, that illusion sort of gets broken um, yeah. 
faster mm-hmm. and Pretty and quickly. yeah you're forced mm-hmm. you're forced to trust and they see you trusting god mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and exercising faith and honestly nothing that you could say is going to matter as much as what your kids watch you do that's true for all parents um right so well as we kind of bring this conversation to a close um michelle i guess if you had could only give one piece of advice to single parents and you've given a lot of great um insight today but if there was just kind of one thing you wanted to leave people with what what would that be well, as I went back to the point about, you know, sort of this need to overcompensate and feel like we have to make it look as close to perfect as as we hmm. want or as we had hoped. I think again, it's really essential to recognize that you are you are not able to do it all. You're hmm. not. And so the moment that you can release that you're not going to be mother and father and there really is no perfect family, that's the moment where you can really start to embrace what God does have for you in this season, that he can have all sorts of really beautiful experiences and healing for you and your children when you just come to the fact that that's where your season is and there's nothing to be ashamed about it. That even if, and even if you've made mistakes, even if there's things that didn't go right or that you didn't do properly, he still has grace and forgiveness for you And when you embrace that, just as you said, your kids will see you embracing it. And when you don't walk in that anymore, and when you're walking in the freedom and the liberty that His grace offers us, it gives your kids hope. And when you can look every day and say, even and even when you're like not sure where the provision is going to come from, when you see it, you celebrate it, and you can celebrate it out loud with your kids, and that teaches them to celebrate it too, and that teaches them what it is to have joy in uncertain circumstances. And those gifts are so valuable for us to give to our kids. So even if you can't buy the biggest Christmas present and you can't throw the biggest birthday party and they don't have the greatest designer, whatever stuff or whatever life that you thought that you were going to try to provide for them, when it comes down to it, the things that you can offer in a season of, of struggle and brokenness are really, when you're walking with the Lord, are there's no, they're just invaluable. There's no measure you can put on those things. And so not to look at your situation as something that makes you deficient, but to look at it as something that really is an opportunity for you, but also for your children to truly understand the heart of God. I love that. Just embrace that brokenness and Mm -hmm. and, uh, move forward Mm -hmm. with the Lord. Yep. Mm -hmm. Keeping your eyes on Mm -hmm. Jesus, which we have seen you do through the years. We definitely have. You're a living example. (laughs) Thanks. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you you have developed some great um, resources for single parents. Um, Why don't you tell us about uh, about those and and where people can get a hold of you and find uh, all this information? Yeah, so www.agapemoms.com is basically the hub for everything that Agape Moms offers. Right now, what uh, the two major keystone sort of components of that are the Bible study. So that's an eight-lesson Bible study called Seeing Hope and Healing for Single Moms. And that's meant to be done either individually or as a group or, you know, to get a friend together. 
but it's meant yeah. to be a, a resource that doesn't involve a lot of homework. So when we talk about, right. you know, a group <laughs> setting, it's not your traditional Bible study that go and do it and come back all prepared. This is meant to be done all together in one setting. So that's great. Um, it's just a fantastic way to kind of in eight lessons walk through some of what the scripture offers in in a Bible study format and learning how to pull the the word apart and and what does yeah. it really say and what is what is the hope that's offered in in what the word has in these seasons of brokenness. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, we also uh, offer the Christian Single Moms podcast and that can be downloaded through Apple and Spotify and variety of different places where podcasts are downloaded. But that's where we are fielding a lot of questions, Q&A, uh, yeah. from other single mothers and just talking about it in, in a way that is is transparent and vulnerable, uh, but also that's really healing and offering just some camaraderie and some solutions and some dialogue in places where um, single mothers may really feel like there's just not a voice for them and, yeah. and giving voice to that and giving opportunities for, um, community and for healing in that. Mm-hmm. And then if obviously on the, the website, there's a blog there as well. And yeah. so it's just a variety of different resources to offer encouragement and just that, you know, that unconditional agape love that Jesus has for us mm-hmm. and sharing that specifically with, um, single moms who are walking through this season. Well, that's awesome. Well, Michelle, we're just so grateful to have you on today. And I personally am really grateful that you've created an online community for single mo- moms, well, and parents, really. Um, and all with all mm-hmm. the support and resources, it makes people not feel alone. So, and if any of our listeners mm-hmm. here today have anything that we could be supporting you through your journey, please email us. We'd be loved. We'd love to be part of that support team for you. Our email is family at familymatters.net. And again, um, we would love to direct you to Michelle at agapemoms.com. She has a heart for the Lord. She has a heart for her family and she has a heart for other folks that are going through this same situation. So thank you so much, Michelle, for being on today. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. Oh, we love you. you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families Podcast. This is part of Family Matters Ministries. For more podcasts and resources, check us out on familymatters.net slash podcast or stream us on all major podcast platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.